welcome to Witch Witch Podcast. I'm Lyra. I'm Galena. Welcome to the darkness. <clears throat> My voice broke. <laughs> <laughs> Lyra has been sick. A little bit sick. We're all a little sick. <laughs> We're all always a little bit sick. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> it's usually me. I have the worst immune system. You really do. I know. Um, you know what? We have a shout out. <clears throat> I wasn't prepared for. Fun. So, I did not know about this shout out. No, I know. It happened today. Um, and I, or yesterday? I don't know. Time's not real. <laughs> Time is a construct. That's true. That's very true. Have I said that a bunch on this podcast? I think so. I Probably. think we've been very clear about that. <laughs> uh, but the shout out is for Ashley. Um, you know, I never asked if I could give out her Insta handle, so I'm not going to. So your real name is what we're going to use. She's, she gave me her okay. real name. I didn't know. Fucking come at me. Let's <laughs> let's duke it out. I will. <laughs> Whew. Uh, I had my nap. I'm good. But she was very lovely. She messaged us on Instagram about um, mistletoe being uh, a protective agent i can't think of the, the good word um it, you can use it to protect yourself from werewolves okay uh and she messaged us to mention that it was in an episode of doctor who and um when i was originally looking into it i the reason i wanted to put the bit about werewolves in is because i remembered it from an episode about doctor who but when i brought it up you were like but i thought that was holly and I was like, oh, fuck, maybe it is. And I didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> I don't remember what I said, but yeah, I, I remember thinking it was not mistletoe. <laughs> and I didn't want to be wrong, especially, like, about two things being mistletoe and Doctor Who. <laughs> so I just didn't mention it, um, even after I found out I was right. But by then I'd probably forgotten, to be honest. <laughs> um, but I was so excited that we've communicated enough of ourselves through this podcast to let people know that we definitely want to hear about Doctor Who episodes. Well, I mean, <laughs> Doctor Who's awesome. The fact that Doctor Who's a woman now, oh my god. I love the new Doctor so much. And, um, She's it's, very David Tennity. She is very David Tennity. Um, people, people chalk that up to her working with him on Broadchurch. Uh, this has now become Doctor Who podcast. Welcome to WhoCon. WhoCon! <laughs> oh. Welcome... Welcome to Witch Doctor Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Our subject today, as always, who's better? It's Tin. Yes, it's always David Tennant or Baker. I'm not. I'm not a classic Who person. I know. I know, but I'm sorry. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh no, I don't chalk it up so much to like. Um, and I do love her, to her being wonderful, but I think it's mostly the writing that has mm -hmm. me back into mm -hmm. the yeah, series. No, they actually treat women as people. That's true. I cannot... They're not plot devices. <laughs> I cannot stand Moffat's writing. But let's not talk about hard opinions. Yeah, this is for the probably 80% <laughs> of listeners who've never even seen an episode of Doctor Who. I don't know if the percentage is that you high. Know, nerdism. <laughs> And witchcraft seem Nerds to run. And witchcraft hand go, hand yeah, hand. I was gonna say they're like they're real linked. <laughs> um, what the fuck are we talking about today? <laughs> we are talking about green witchcraft. 
whatever the fuck you decided to cover. Hearth and Home Magic. Oh, yeah. Hearth and Home Magic. And I believe Nettle's got a segment on Not Magic. She has a segment on Not Magic where she found um, more detail about Not Magic than I did, which is wonderful because I found, like, zero detail on Not Magic. I don't know if I just can't Google search correctly, like, or what the fuck my deal is. (laughs) You don't understand the ins and outs of Google. I never had to research in high school. What? Yeah, I, I literally never researched for any paper I ever wrote. Did you just make stuff up? I mean, it was usually stuff I just already knew. You're supposed to have sources. I mean, it's not like they always check. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, don't do as I do. Do as I say. Do your research, kids. Learn how to study when you're young. It bites you in the ass when you're older. <laughs> when things get actually difficult. Uh... What was I going to say? Where was I going with this? Oh, not magic. Not magic. Um, but it's wonderful. I'm, I'm actually going to have to re-listen through her segment to uh, really absorb some of it because I, I sort of just did it in an editing mindset earlier. Um, and I wasn't paying attention because the cat and I were having a moment. That's true. <laughs> um, but uh, she's also applying the scientific method. I heard her say that when you were <laughs> listening through it. I'm so excited to actually listen to she it. She has control groups. I know. I love Nettle so much. I'm so excited about it. Um, I love everything that has to do with Nettle. When she mentioned in the group chat that she had a segment ready, um, she was like, but it is like 16 minutes of me being the most boring person on earth. And she is wrong. I thought you were going to be like, and she is right. I was going to be like, oh, God, no. Fuck. No. No, I love her so much. I was ready to slap. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, do we have any announcements to make? We don't have a giveaway that we're doing anymore, so there's not a whole lot of announcements nowadays. No announcements to think of. Well, yes, we do have announcements. Do we? Um, we are changing up the way that we are doing tarot card reading oh, on that's our true. daily reads. We're going to switch off and do a week at a time. I was supposed to do this week, but I haven't done much. Um, so I think I'm going to talk with the group and see if I can take a second week <laughs> and get a, get a second stab at it. And then we'll, we'll start the rotation that way. I think that's a good idea. It's easier to remember to do something when you're doing it every single day rather than like once every three days. Um, cause I have no presence of mind. Um, so I just genuinely do not remember whatsoever when I'm supposed to do something like that. Well, I'm also starting to get really into the multiple card reads. I really like doing those. That's cool. I am. I also uh, have been really low energy and um, feeling sort of down lately. So I think I think that's really affected how much thought I put into, honestly, not just my card drawings, because I haven't done a whole lot of them, but it's been, it's been a lot of stuff. Like, I still haven't washed those rocks to put in the fish tank. Yeah. It's, it's the season change. Yeah. Yeah, 100% sad is a is a thing. Yeah. Oh, wait, that just makes it sound like I'm saying being 100% sad is a real thing. Um, no, seasonal, seasonal affective, affective dis- disorder. I almost said deforder. Deforder. Disformation. Disformation. Um, and we're, we're real susceptible to to changes of mood, drastic changes of mood around here anyway, so... <laughs> I actually talked to my doctor. 
That is just a big yawn. I apologize. <laughs> I actually talked to my doctor about more depression and stuff like that. She's kind of waved it off as a seasonal thing. Great. Yeah, but <laughs> that's what you want. About how I've been more tired and more low moods and stuff like that. She's like, well, we'll look and see if your blood works as you're anemic or not, and we'll go from there. Oh my god. Yeah. Shit. Um, we should put more iron in our diet. This isn't something to talk about on the podcast. No, I was just, um, I was just talking about how she just basically was telling me, you know, call her if things get worse. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't mean what you were talking about. I just meant that I was about to start talking about how I'm going to start sneaking spinach into every meal. <laughs> I could live with that. I love spinach. I love spinach too. Um, I like it better than lettuce on sandwich- sandwiches. It depends on the sandwich for me. Sandwich. Let's not, we're still talking about like... Our, our meal plan for our household. <laughs> um, anywho, uh, we do think we're going to stick with this um, formatting, though, where we do once every two weeks rather than every week. Um, we were burning out really fast. Um, when there's something like, I don't know, maybe a holiday, something like that coming up that we don't cover the week before, we might do a bonus episode, but we're probably going to shy away from those. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It was diluting our content quite a bit. Absolutely. I do feel like we, we sort of ran out of um, a lot. <laughs> um, we ran out of sort of... Steam. Steam, <laughs> stories, drive. Um, and I, I really feel like having an extra week between, between shows is going to help with that. Let's see. Anything else we need to cover? No, I think that's it as far as announcements. Everybody's cool. up to date on our health and our... <laughs> everything else this is almost like a long form letter like (laughs) (laughs) dear listener i hope this letter finds you well (laughs) um spirits are low spirits are low uh also um remember you can reach out at us out at us out to us at any of our social medias we have uh which which podcast at nope (laughs) On Instagram, we are Witch Witch Podcast, at Witch Witch Podcast. On Twitter, we are at Witch Witch Pod. On Tumblr, we're Witch Witch Podcast. Um, which would, it's Witch Witch Podcast. Dot Tumblr. Dot com. Com. Um, we have a Facebook now, which I guess you can just go on and search for Witch Witch Podcast. It has mm-hmm. the same uh, icon as the rest of our social medias do. Just look for Lyra or Delena Stoneham. Yeah, that's true. We, we both have um, Facebooks that we've connected to the group thing yes <laughs> Jesus christ group. uh i don't know if nettle and sage have made profiles they have not yet okay um we also finally figured out what was wrong with sage's uh connection to instagram and got that fixed so she'll be able to post stuff um there was something else i was gonna say but I don't remember we also was. have a Gmail. Thank you. That was it. At which which or which which podcast at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to reach out uh, out to us on any of these platforms. We love hearing from you guys. Um, I'm actually going to make a post in the Facebook group about um, anything people want us to cover because uh, I feel like we've gotten a lot of suggestions, and for the most part, we've written them down and put them somewhere. <laughs> And I genuinely don't remember where I've put any of them. Honestly, I think we've covered most of the suggestions that have come in. Yeah, you think so? 
We That's usually good. cover those that next week. Oh, you know what? You're, in the show. You're right about that. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Any suggestions, anything you're interested in hearing about, something we've discussed before and you want to, us to elaborate on. Um, or if you have ghost stories, please send us ghost stories. We love those. <laughs> I get so excited every time we get one. Uh, Lyra's favorite thing to do is just hand me the ghost story and make me read it <laughs> out loud. That's true. It's very fun. All right. But with that, uh, we're going to move into the bulk of our episode. Stay tuned. All right. Welcome back. This is Galena speaking. And in this segment, I'm going to cover green witchcraft. Sometimes green witchcraft can be interchanged with hedge witch, which really isn't correct, but we'll cover that, that section of it in a bit. See, I actually, before I looked into what hedge witchery was, um, I actually kind of thought they were very similar, and I think it's just because of the word hedge. That, that I think, is a big part of the misunderstanding. Um, but they, they do really focus on a lot of the same things, just with different focuses. Yeah. Well, it, semantics aside... They do focus on a lot of the same issues and same topics, so I can see where it would also yeah. be interchanged. Uh, green witchcraft, for the most part, is a strong connection to the earth and the elements. Uh, green witches focus more on nature and growing things. Um, a lot of times you'll see a green witch will have a full grim or a room full of dried herbs that they've planted and harvested themselves and can tell you a million different ways you can use them and a whole bunch of different remedies for everything that's wrong with you. Um, they are usually very drawn to herbalism. Um, gardening, growing things, I feel like I just said that over and over. But it's, I feel like that's going to be a lot in this though. Like, yeah, it's, it's more of that it's another part, it's more of just an expansion on that part of it, I believe, because a green witch is also very heavily going to be a kitchen witch, only they're they're more focused on the actual herb side, like the growing and collecting and the yeah. the making of the things. Yeah, I imagine green witchery and, and ki uh, kitchen witchcraft are very easily Yeah, very hand in hand, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see... Green witchcraft, a lot of times, depending on, and I'm just going to say sect because I don't know how else to say it Yeah. in the terms of paganism, will focus more on elements than, say, a certain god or goddess, unless you're a part of a very, you know, unless you're a green Wiccan. Then a lot of times you use Gaia, you use different herb, or herb, <laughs> earth. Uh, base gods or pan or something to that extent. Um, green witches do tend to be solitary unless they are in a green witchcraft Wiccan coven. So, I mean, that that's another difference. They do tend to be very solitary. I imagine they would make, like, an awesome fucking, like, commune. <laughs> yeah, no, that would, wouldn't that be a fucking amazing place to live? Uh, let's see here. They do tend to bottle different things like rainwater, moon water, snow water, parched earth, earth, things like that. There's a lot of a lot of bottling 
that or they've got a, a wide collection of different bottled things that they have they've collected love that yeah uh let's see here um a lot of the sources i went through uh one source that i did go through is the the book i reviewed the green witchcraft by ann mora a lot of different websites i apologize i don't have them all written down for my sources because I'm trying to be more legitimate in my research. Um, a lot of them went back and forth on whether or not fae or fairies were involved. I, It's hard to say. It depends on the witch, honestly. That would seem like a personal um, choice. I think a lot of times it is hard to grow things without respecting the fae or the, you know, basically the earth spirits that do go into it. I was going to say, whatever happens to be local to where you are. Exactly. Um, I know I don't feel like my spells were successful or that I did them right if I don't leave an offering. And that's a lot of green witchery is remembering to leave an offering for <laughs> for the fae or for the, for the earth spirits. Uh, they are typically very environmentally minded. Because they do recognize the the exact connection to our ability to live and the health of the earth. <laughs> um, we were saying sustainability is important, so. Yeah. Some of the resources I came across said that uh, green witchcraft may really get into divination through astrology or through tarot cards and things like that. Which I, I can see, kind of, but... I think again that just depends on the witch. It's it's hard to say. No, I can see that astrology. every single one. Yeah. But yeah, no astrology. I can see because it does. It's all part of the natural world. Yes. Yeah. I'm and so sorry that I'm. I'm no, just no, no, the it's most okay. interrupting person. It's it's been my entire part life since you were born. I interrupted your life once, and it's just been one long interruption it's been one since interruption then. Since I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I mean, because a lot of things, even plantings, can be tied to astrology. Like, if you'll even look in, like, a, the Farmer's Almanac, it'll say, plant your potatoes by St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Especially if there's X, Y, or Z, or this moon phase, or something like that. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's 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 always been tied together, I believe, for the most part in our society. We've kind of lost the reasoning behind it yeah but it's carried over in tradition <laughs> and now this brings us to the hedge witch side of this they are linked but they are very there are a lot of differences between the two um in head with hedge witchery it does tend to be more of a or <laughs> okay, let's start over again. Okay. Let me get situated. Yes. Take your team. Oh. Oh. Okay. And now we come back to hedge witchery. And like I said earlier, they are a lot of times green witchery and hedge witchery are 
used interchangeably when they're not exactly the same thing. They do share a lot of similarities. Both do tend to be a more solitary practice and do have less emphasis on ceremony. Um, in hedge witchery, understanding of herbal practices is more of the intuitive side, intuitive side of gardening. Um, the major difference here is that green witchcraft is more focused on the physical and health use, like in cooking or an ingredient in a potion that will cause health or wellness or to exact a physical need, where hedge witchery is more of the spiritual line. Um, let's take anise. For example, in green witchery or even kitchen witchery, it's used to reduce inflammation, used for things like that, flavoring. You know, like some people really like the licorice flavor. In hedge witchery, it's more of it opens you psychically. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the that's the the main difference there. The it's more of what can you do to broaden your psychic connection to the world around you? And that's another big part and another big difference between hedge witchery and green witchery is that hedge witches, the, where the term hedge comes from, is not because it's a green hedge. It's the hedge between worlds. They often have one foot in the world of the living and one foot in the world of the dead. Which I honestly the think other world. makes sense uh, with their, why they're tied to uh, plants and um, that sort of thing so much. Because, I mean, it is still part of that divide. It's the, the mm -hmm. life part. Right. Not that, not that you needed that. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, let's see here. Hedge witches often use trance work uh, to help them cross the hedge or journey into the other world. They do a lot of spirit world or spirit work as I was saying. Uh, divination really does help here. Uh, pendulum work. I don't want to say spirit boards because I doubt that a lot of hedge witches use spirit, board, spirit boards but they might. Uh, again every witch's practice is their own. Um... It covers a wide range of things. Traditionally, I believe that it was hard to separate the hedge witch and the green witch, especially since they were more of your wise woman yeah. in the village. They were who you went to see if you know you were sick or if you were having a baby that was your midwife. They were also, traditionally, if you were in the pagan sect and you wanted to travel mentally, that's who you'd go and find for your flying ointment and things like that. Which is, you know, where the whole trope of witches fly on brooms comes from. Yeah. Um, I feel like I had a lot more on this. I apologize. Right now my memory is just trashed. Had a very stressful week. <laughs> Um, I feel like that's every week. I'm like, oh, and it was stressful this week. But, like, it just seems to get more and more stressful every single week. Yeah, like, having recorded um, proof of how often we say phrases like that really makes it apparent how much of, like, just a garbage fire 
our lives are. <laughs> but no, um, a lot of what I practice is an intersection of so many different quote unquote witch sex. Um, because I do feel that I'm very tied to the ocean yeah, and sea witchery. However, hedge witchery is probably more of up the alley of what I do. Well, and I mean, part of part of modern witchcraft is definitely claiming whatever title suits you, you know? True. True. At least in my opinion. Although I feel like every time I've covered something, I'm like, yes, and this is what I feel I practice, like every single one. But it honestly, it is true. Modern witchcraft, we kind of tie it all together. Mm-hmm. We don't really have one single practice. Um, but no, spirit work is actually something I've been working on. Increasing my ability or more of controlling what happens and giving it more of a, yes, I'm open to doing this right now instead of, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Which we actually had an interesting time of, what was it about two weeks ago when I got out my pendulum and yeah had did some spirit work. I don't remember what all you asked of it, but it was pretty. I just like that it's. I believe that I spoke to a spirit that's been slamming my bedroom door. Probably. It didn't want to admit that it was doing it. And then I said, well, have you ever slammed my bedroom door? And it said yes. And asked, you know, are you doing it because you're mad? No. Are you bored? It kind of wiggled and was like, yes. Because when I asked it, are you the one uh, slamming my door? The pendulum just kind of wiggled. It wouldn't go either way. And then it swung to no. <laughs> like, it was shy. I was like, yeah, I don't want to admit that. You'll make me leave. <laughs> Well, and every time we do something like protecting the house, we do put in a clause of it, as long as nothing uh, means us or our family or those protected by our home harm, um, it's welcome here. So, I mean, as long as it's not a dick, it's not going to get banished. I am <laughs> <laughs> um, so sorry. I seem to be just losing my grasp on the English language right now. It's a little late as we record this, so sorry about that. It's okay. We cut out probably about two minutes of me trying to explain what a hedge witch was. <laughs> That's true. Because I couldn't get the word head wi- oh, hedge no. witch out. Hedwig. Just yeah, say Hedwig. I kept saying Hedwig or something like that over and over and over. Um, but, you know, as far as spirit work sorry and about all of those clicks. Hedge witchery, a lot of ways you can use herbs are fantastic. Um, we may, uh, we, we spoke of it a little bit. Was it the last show when we talked about what we did on Samhain? Where we, we had our, our dumb tea? Maybe it was last show? Maybe I mean, it's the one before? It's been recently we talked about it. What we used is what I've been calling our spirit tea blend. Yeah. And I might put that up on our Facebook or because I've actually been working on writing down my recipes. Well, I was going to say recently. I'm so sorry. We've got all those fucking stencils. Let's make a pretty page and you can just write out the recipe. 
So that's what I was thinking because I've, I've been, I've been working on writing everything down. Um, for that, what I used, I believe it was two tablespoons of anise seed, cinnamon. I think that was it for the, for the herbs that I put in. I did anise seed and cinnamon and I boiled those in the water and they dissolved. Like there was a little bit of aniseed, but apparently aniseed does kind of like what chia seeds does oh, yeah. and becomes more of like a gel substance. Um, and then we steeped our tea bags in it. I think we did, what was it? Did we do four tea bags or did we just do two? I think it's just two. We just did two. I'm pretty sure it was two. Um, and I did it in a regular size teapot. Wow. I poured our mixture into the teapot and let it steep for about five to six minutes. And then we drank it. I, I added sugar because there's no way I could have drank that without sugar. I think I added honey. Did you add honey to yours? Did I, did I also do honey? I think I we remember. both did honey. Okay. No, because we couldn't find honey. We did um, agave nectar. Oh, yeah. We did agave nectar, which if you're diabetic is much better for you than sugar or... Yes, very low on the glycemic scale. Um, It's also... You can pretty much just sub it out for honey in almost any situation. It almost tastes like brown sugar, so it really isn't a harsh difference. Mm-mm. I've actually cooked with it before, and it's fantastic. It's lovely. I bake with it all the time. I think our mother even used it for our ham this Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, year. she did. Mm-hmm. So so my husband could eat, eat as much ham as he wants. And he but did. But I think I got about halfway through the cup when I could actually start feeling the difference. And it's a very warm tea with the, uh, with the heat and then with the cinnamon. So it's a very nice, like, winter or cold evening tea as well. And honestly, anise isn't so licorice if you have other flavors no. mixed with it. It was, I was really dreading drinking the tea because I hate licorice. I did burp a little licorice taste <laughs> for about a day after we drank it. I think I'm going to make some more this weekend and try it out again. Okay. We did, um, we didn't do it with aniseed, but we did do that one meditation where I heard all that coughing. Mm. And I would be interested to try meditation after some anise tea. Yeah. Let's, let's do that and then we'll do some spirit work and stuff like that. I think that sounds good. Yeah. I think that'll be my, my weekend exploration. Because <laughs> that was part of my resolution. It was to focus a little bit more firmly on, on developing my spirit work connections. I need to start working on my resolutions. <laughs> There were many. <laughs> All right, but I think that closes up my section, and Lyra is going to regale us on hearth witchery. Um, so I actually uh, have kind of semi-identified as a hearth witch for a while, um, though I probably am not the most ideal <laughs> fit for that. Um, but I wanted to talk about hearth and home magic. Um hearth magic or hearth witchery or witchcraft and kitchen witchcraft are very similar um honestly and this this is just me they're so similar to the point where I don't really see the need for distinction um and the only thing I can really find is in kitchen witchcraft your kitchen is just your sacred space uh hearth witchcraft it's the whole home um, but we'll get into that. 
Um, hearth witchcraft comes from uh, the title at least, which I really like hearth witchcraft. And I think it's mostly because I like the word hearth. <laughs> uh, but uh, the hearth used to be the focus of homes. Um, that's where everything happened. That's where people would gather at the end of the day. That's where meals were cooked, things like that. Um, modern day hearths can be a little harder to pin down, you know, like what would symbolize a hearth in the home nowadays? Um, fireplaces are out. We don't do jack shit with those. <laughs> like <laughs> most of us don't even have functioning fireplaces, you know? <clears throat> we definitely have two fireplaces that don't work in our home. Yep. 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 Uh, somebody, a, a few, quite a few people have suggested the TV as the modern day hearth, which is both funny and a little weird, um, cause like, yeah, we do, we angle all of our, our furniture towards it, um, we end up spending so much of our time focused on it, but, uh, I don't know that it's really a focal point for what, what's representative, but I mean, like, if it, if it works for you and that's where you have, like, your altar set up, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, most people generally think of the modern day hearth as the oven, yeah. Or range or whatever you happen to have. That's some, how something I would, in the kitchen. I would think of it. Yeah. Um on a on a personal note, I do think a lot of hearth magic and the focal point of your, your magic, if you do hearth or kitchen magic, would be from the place you give nourishment to your family from, which I think would be the, the oven or uh range or whatever. Um or just your general kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's a lot about making everyday domestic stuff magical. Um, cooking, uh, is a wonderful time and place to just insert some magic. You can put a lot of intent, um, you can use foods and spices that correspond to certain, uh, thing <laughs> you want to get, uh, get across with your, your meal. Um, I actually have a chicken noodle soup I make nowadays. Mm. Um, and I mean, it's, let me tell you, the three base ingredients are chicken protein, lemon, and honey. Like, you can't go wrong. That's, I'm not a big fan of lemon, but the the way um, it's spiced and stuff, uh, you really don't get a whole lot of the, the bitter lemon flavor. It just sort of brightens it a little bit. Um, oh, and ginger. I guess it's four main ingredients because ginger's a big one, and so is garlic. I might also make a recipe. <laughs> it's it's not going to be so much a recipe as just a list of ingredients because we don't use measurements in our home. <laughs> that her soup, um, coupled with my feel better tea, mm -hmm. is like a one two punch for anything. <laughs> it's so good. It's so wonderful. Um, Anywho, uh, uh, cleaning is often seen as a ritual in uh, hearth magic, which is beautiful, and I hope to incorporate that in my life. I think we're more likely to do it if we made it into hearth magic. Absolutely. Um, honest to God, cleanliness is kind of key when uh, you're trying to practice hearth, or ho uh, hearth and home or uh, kitchen ma magic or witchcraft. <clears throat> I can speak English words, I promise. Not great, but I can speak them anyway. Um, because, you know, clutter and dirt can attract and hold in negative energy. Um, 
And if you have your home in order, it's easier to move things around to clean time spaces and cleanse negative energies and, and make sure that everything's just full of love and light and all that. Um, and we're, we're trash bag witches, <laughs> um, as we've said many, many times before. So there's a lot of clutter in our home and we got to fix that because if it's orderly clutter, it's not the same, you know? I think watching that show you made me watch the other night about the, the Japanese lady who helps you find joy in your objects and decluttering through getting rid of everything that doesn't bring you joy. I don't know of anything that I own that brings me joy except for maybe a porg. <laughs> I 100% have her in here. I was going to definitely talk about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It. I didn't mean to jump ahead. No, no, no. Because I feel like, um, I, I don't think that she herself practices, but a lot of the, a lot of what she brings into her techniques is, um, it, it sort of follows along with what a lot of, uh, uh, kitchen and home magic is about, mm. um, where it's mindfulness and it's gratitude and things like that um but I was going to mention it's tidying up with Marie Kondo I even have it written down here in okay. in my notes uh it's on Netflix she also has books out I have not heard of her or I had not heard of her before this I adore everything about her she's like a little tiny canary that comes into people's lives and tidies up <laughs> like is she not bird-like a little bit. Like, a little like bit. not like... I think like... she'd pass out if she walked into her house, though. Oh, my gosh. No, she gets really excited about mess. Mm. Maybe from excitement. Anyway. Um, and um, protective decor is another thing I wanted to talk about. Because uh, we've talked about protective stuff in your home before. Um, quartz, mirrors, iron, silver, bells, um, things like that. Those are all good things for protective decor. Uh, symbols of your personal beliefs, be it tied to a deity or whatever. Uh, if you happen to be a witch who practices another religion as well, be it like Christianity, other religions. <laughs> I blanked. Um, if you're a member of the Jewish religion, something like that. Uh, holy symbols from whatever belief system you follow um, are good to have up for protection. Uh, specifically, quartz and mirrors in windows help protect the home from uh, negative energies entering into the house. Um, but there's there's lots of stuff you can do for protective uh, decoration. And you can have protective plants as well. Um, certain types of ivy growing up the side of your house is good for drawing luck. And uh, I, I keep wanting to say the word banish for some reason, banishing negative energies. Um in uh, Hearth Witchcraft, the whole home, like I said, is your sacred space. It's your space for practicing. It's um, sanctified, I guess, would be the, the word for it. But it doesn't just stop at like the, the physical house itself. It's the land it's on as well. Um, which is something I, I just love. Because I, I love taking the land around a home as part of it, you know? Um... As I talked about before, the kitchen is just a great space. So in, in that, that mindset uh, of having uh, having everything clean, uh, a nice ordered kitchen 
is a really good thing to have if you're looking into practicing home, uh, fuck me, hearth, <laughs> hearth or kitchen witchcraft. Um, and uh, part of keeping things clean and ordered is also keeping your headspace as positive as possible. Because when you walk into a room and it's messy and cluttered and dirty, all you see are things that you have to do or things that you wish you were doing or things you feel like you have to put off depending on what kind of, like, person you are. Because I, I deal with some executive dis, uh, dysfunction, so when there's a large daunting task, I, I have this immediate response of put that off as long as you can. <laughs> um, but that that's another thing that can help. Um, and if you're trying to get yourself into a space where you can clean easier, you're trying to change the way you perceive it, I really can't suggest that Netflix show more. Yeah, she definitely is a big believer in dividing it up into manageable bits. Absolutely, which I love so much. She she shows you manageable ways to handle it. Um, and she... I don't mean to just keep coming back to like the mindfulness, but she she really does introduce you to this new sort of mindfulness, um, new for some people, I guess, about if, if there's something out of place, why is it in that place and not where it belongs kind of stuff. But it's not in like a crazy control way. Like, mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> I'm going to move on. Uh, well, I don't feel like we were ever raised with that sort of mindfulness. No, we definitely weren't. So I think this could really help us revolutionize our helm. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love the way she um she starts things off because what I've been wanting to do for a long time with mine and my husband's clothes, because we have a lot. We have so much. We don't wear even half of it, honest to God. Um, I'd be surprised if we wear a fourth of it. We need to just donate it, um, mm-hmm. what we're not wearing and what we're not using. And I especially need to get rid of older clothes, um, things that I keep like storing back to do projects that I never work on with. I just need to clear it out. Um, That's part of why when we went to the craft store, which I feel like on every episode I'm like, we were at the craft store <laughs> and that's why when you were like, oh, let's get this yarn. And I was like, you get your yarn. I know that I'm not going to work on anything. See, I, I am working on that as well, but I have been doing a lot of knitting projects you have. lately. I have so. not. That's I don't true. know what's up. Sometimes you you have a knitting block. Not you specifically, just anybody. Anybody that knits. Anyway, um, uh, knitting and fiber craft, creating things for the home. Though that's also, That can also be a very big part of um, uh, hearth or kitchen witchery. Um, intent and attention to detail are big for this. Like Especially if you're doing magic with food. Um, or drink or something that you are preparing Um, intent and attention to detail is super important because if you are in a bad space you're not going to be able to put what you want into the meal like if you're trying to communicate love and calm and happiness through a meal and you are pissed and rushed (laughs) and whatever other everyone indigestion yeah actually you might um be it through bad intent put into your food or lack of attention to detail and you do something fucked up um so i think um a lot of uh, there's a lot of internal parts like within yourself to this style of witchcraft 
I mean, that's true of any witchcraft. <laughs> um, and I did mention mindfulness and gratitude already, but it, it's, it is very important. Um, gratitude's something I need to work on. Uh, because it is, it is important to take a look at what you have. And even when there's challenges, see how it can be turned into an opportunity. And I know that sounds cheesy as fuck. And like, honest to God, most of us in the uh, age range of like mid to late 20s uh, to early to mid 30s have this whole thing where when somebody says something real positive like that, you sort of roll your eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, I feel like when, when we were younger, just an automatic negative response to anything was what was very cool. <laughs> you know? Um, so when you hear something like, you need to work on your gratitude so you're grateful for things and you see opportunities and hard spots, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Mostly I'm like, <laughs> what positive? <laughs> right? Um <laughs> We we were really ra- we, we were really raised on a lot of like negative comedy and stuff like that. So I feel like um, apart from other very many other far reaching things that have damaged our collective psyche, uh, I think that's a big one um, that we automatically file positive things into this like lame column, you know? Yeah. So that's something I'm personally working on. As well, and that's the, a big part of of this style of witchcraft. Um, it does focus on home and family uh, a lot. So, the the kind of people that I think would really benefit from this would be um, people who have children or close family that they they want to support or take care of um, in like a dom- domestic manner. Like if you are a domestic person, regardless of gender or job or whatever. I feel like this would be very appealing. Um, it's also great for crafty people or people that like to do the DIYs. Um, if you're an herbalist or... Uh, I even had this in my notes before I realized you were doing hedge witches, mm-hmm. uh, hedge witchery. Um, if you're an herbalist or a hedge witch, this is also a good thing for you to maybe dabble into. Um, and green witchcraft, I think, goes right along with that. Um and this is one of those uh, styles of witchcraft that are highly, highly adaptive. It's about taking what you have and making it work for your intentions. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, but, like, if you need to have something to extend your intention, like a wand or something, cooking utensils can work. Um, there's just a lot of that. You know, and it, it's it's less about having a specific ingredient or a specific tool for one thing and more about finding the true spirit of what you're trying to accomplish and using what you have at hand accordingly. I like that idea. I like it a lot. Um, like I said, I've, I've tentatively identified as a hedge witch. Um, I'm not yeah, quite... I could definitely see that. Yeah. Do you mean a hearth witch? What did I say? You said Hedgewitch. Fuck me. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> it's late as balls. It's not that late. We're just getting old. Um, I said that and I just realized that this is like... It's almost 2 a.m. It's just not that late for us. We're usually up. Well, I mean, I guess I'm usually up. 
Not recently. Not recently, that's true. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been tentatively like sort of identifying as a hearth witch for a while. Um, and I think it does fit me better than a lot of other uh, labels. But I mean, that means next to nothing because people are constantly changing. And that's something that, you know, um, you dear listeners may experience too. As you grow, your craft is going to grow and change with you. Um, don't feel like you have to stand by a certain label or identity that you've adopted if something else fits you better. Um, you can have more than one label. You can have no labels. You can say, fuck all that. Uh, if you don't want to have like a label, but you still want to call yourself something, eclectic works. I prefer eclectic. I like eclectic a lot, yeah. Um, I think it's just because so many different aspects call to me that it's hard for me to choose a singular label. Recently, I've been more hedge witch than anything Yeah, that's else, true. Which I think is funny, and this is not calling you out or anything. Oh, dear. When we first decided to get back into this... Lyra was very, yes, let's do spirit work and all this stuff. And then as our spirit work got more intense, she's just kind of like, eh. I've also just been so uninvolved lately. And I think it's just, I think it's just seasonal defect, uh, defective. Fuck me. I am defective. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> seasonal affective disorder. Um, because it's been everything. I haven't felt like doing much of anything. I'm glad that knitting isn't, like, awful right now. Because <laughs> cause usually when I'm in this sort of uh, mood, I don't want to knit either. Mm -hmm. So I've been completing quite a few projects in that realm. But what I was going to say Sorry. is I think it's funny that we've kind of flipped yeah. what we were going to do. Because <laughs> we're going in and I was like, no, there's no way I'm doing any spirit work. You're fucking crazy. And now I'm like, yeah, no, I really like spirit work. <laughs> I am, and I don't know why this is true about me, but I get more excited about spirit work in the summer. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Um, but come back to me in the summer, yeah. Because I, I even watch more stuff about, like, ghosts and hauntings and things like that in the summer. Like, right now, you couldn't pay me to listen to a spooky podcast. In the summer, I was binge listening to them. I know. And that's that's true every year. I'm just more in the mood for spooky stuff in the summer. I think it's because it's darker. Maybe. Right now, and that's you're not. Yeah. You're not a dark person. <laughs> I am. I don't know. I I do in general prefer being, in the mostly dark. Um. I just but when it's actually dark outside, you don't want it to be in the dark. It is when it's cold and and stuff like that out. It it is creepier. For longer <laughs> and yeah I think that's what it is I don't know how long we've been talking about this I'm... I don't know I just thought it was funny that we'd switched yeah what we were doing what our things were because I think going into it I was more of no 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 I'm gonna be a hearth witch I'm gonna do this and this, yeah. and this and this and then suddenly I was like oh yeah well I think it really clicked with you and I think you, you've always had a uh, more of a leaning towards spirit work anyway I have it just terrified me for a really long time which is fair <laughs> it's pretty scary Especially and when you're unexperienced. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> um, but that's probably it for this segment. Um, next, I believe we're put. We're going to have Nettle talking to you about not magic again. Um, and then after that, a spooky story. Hi, Nettle here. 
Uh, today, I want to start to apply the scientific method to witchcraft. Uh, I joked about it when I talked about not magic some episodes back. I'm not even sure how far back. But I moved. I'm not fully unpacked, but I'm in a space where I can I can do my craft without anyone else, you know, being around. Or I mean, I can have people around. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have the rest of the crew around at some point. We're gonna do some witchcraft here, but I mean, I don't have to sort of schedule my witchcraft around other people, which is nice. Um, with this, what I decided to do was to take a spell I found on GoWonderWorks.com, which I will I will be sharing. Um, and apologies, because I talked about this briefly with Not Magic, and I didn't understand because they didn't have a template for how you were supposed to tie the knots. They do. I just missed it. Um, what I've done is I've taken some yarn. I took their method, and then I made four more up, or I guess technically I made up I made up two for me to do, and then I did them each in alternating ways. Um, for this, I really, really want to see if like there's a specific kind of pattern that works better, or not, or if they're all pretty similar, because the, the intent with this one was just to pour my intent into it. Um, with this, just for material, well, I mean, to start with, I grounded. I grounded because uh, I don't want to absolutely die at work after making these, especially since the entire intent was to pour some calm into them to sort of help me ease up and handle work better and go at a, a, a more efficient pace. Not so much because I believe that my job deserves it. That's a shitty way to say it, but I feel like, you know, if you feel like you have to be super efficient for a job, especially a job that isn't the best, um, or fulfilling maybe, I don't know what word I'm looking for. Essentially, I don't feel like I need to be efficient for the job, for the job's sake. I just, I would feel better. I'd feel more confident and it would help me move up, so to speak, because I mean, I'm new there, so it's going to be a while anyway. Uh, so I poured some calm into it after grounding. Um, for the materials, I did pick yarn, and I did pick different colors of yarn. Um, I try, I didn't try, I very specifically picked the same brand of yarn, the same type of yarn, and then, um, I didn't pick a color that I loved more than the others, because I didn't want any sort of bias going into this. Um, I did pick the, uh, I guess the control group is going to be the black yarn. For control, I used the pattern from Go Wonderworks. And then I just use green, blue, uh, it, I wrote down yellow, but it's kind of gold, and red, which, if you're following, you might recognize as Hogwarts colors. Um, this was intentional. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Hello, cat. Uh, from here, what I did was I just tied the knots. I chanted the little spell. Um, I was going to make a joke. A Mythbusters joke about how, in fact, I wasn't applying the scientific method because I wasn't writing it down. I was just, so I was just fucking around. Uh, but in fact, I almost immediately forgot the patterns after I I worked them up, so I had to write them down. So I have them designated as which ones I did what on, especially since for the most part they look similar because I just tied the knots in different ways. Uh, and I hope I hope you can hear me because I'm gonna cry if I record this and you can't. Uh, so, what I did was I used Go Wonderworks spell, which goes, By knot of one, 
the spells begun, by not of two, it cometh true, by not of three, so mote it be, by not of four, this power I store, by not of five, the spells alive, by not of six, the spell I fix, by not of seven, events I'll leaven, by not of eight, it will be fate, by not of nine, what's done is mine. The intent is that you're pouring your intent in with each knot, and you're speaking what each knot's going to be. Um, the control group, the pattern they provide, I honestly thought was going to be the hardest one because it's it, it sort of bounces around with how you do it. Let me make sure. Yeah, the first knot you tie in the left uh, on the left corner of the string. The second knot you do on the right corner. The third knot is right in the middle, and then the fourth knot is in between the first and the third knot, and the same with the fifth, just on the other side between the second and the third knot. Um, the sixth knot goes between the first and the fourth knot. The seventh goes between the third and the fourth, so you're on the left side for both of those. And then you go to the other side, and you do the eighth knot right between the three and the five. And then you finish up with the ninth knot between the fifth and the second knot. And I will, um, probably on Sunday, because it suddenly hit me the other day that I never put up the tarot resources I meant to on our Instagram. So I'll, I'll be looking for a post on Sunday, because that's my next day off. Uh, well, I guess, I guess that's actually not too far from you. You'll be hearing this. Uh, for uh, both this spell, uh, the website for the spell, along with some tarot resources, or at least be looking for this link and I'll get you the tarot resources sometime in the next few weeks. Week. The next week. If I say a few weeks, I'll forget again. Um, now, I said I thought this one was going to be the hardest because honestly, it had the most complicated. It really wasn't too bad. The ninth knot really got me towards the end um, and that's because my yarn started to fray. But, and I mean, it just, it took me a couple tries, which... Um, this was probably the easiest one I did. Like, maybe not the very easiest. Well, yeah, probably the easiest because it was the one I had the least amount of trouble with. Now, sorry, I heard one of my neighbors. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, um, I didn't try very hard to make sure the knots were a uniform length apart. I didn't really try any intent. I sort of looked at the strings before I started to see if I could turn them into bracelets as something I could easily wear to work without it being too conspicuous. I'm probably going to end up carrying them around um, in a purse or a pocket instead because they're a little too long because I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to run out of space for the knots. So I didn't, you know, I didn't, I spent a lot of time pouring calm and my intent and speaking the words into it more than I did trying to make the knots look really uniform. And I'm not sure if anyone else is going to care about this, but when I did the knots, I really just, um, I just did a knot. I didn't try and double knot it because I was I didn't want to think about how many knots that would end up being. Um, I mean, that might be something to do in the future just to mess around with. Um, it might also not be because I feel like I might be getting a little crazy. And also, I'm not sure how many how much anyone cares about stuff like this, like I do. <laughs> um, but anyway, like I like how they all turned out. Um, the black one, the control group following the pattern it went a lot smoother than I thought it would um I mean it looks nice it's, it's just little knots and yarn the next one I did um for the next two what I did was I just did 
the knots just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, all the way across. I didn't bounce back and forth. I didn't do any cool patterns. Um, for the blue string, I just did it from left to right. With the green, I did it right to left. With the blue one, and actually also the yellow one, which I'll get to, I did at one point accidentally knot one of the knots on top of the other knot, and occasionally I caught myself about the to do this, and so I'd move the knot a little bit before I tightened it. Um, but for two of my strings, I just, I did it on top of them. And I mean, I, I don't feel like that's inherently awful because I mean, it, my intent's still in there. I didn't get the perfect pattern I was going for, but I mean, it, it works. Um, I assume, I, I haven't tested these yet. Sorry, that's the, that's the second part of the experiment is actually going around and testing and seeing how, um, how, how my little, my little intentions work. Um, or do, I don't want to say work, because I've just, I've poured my intent into them, and I just want to have them close to sort of help me with, with being calm. Um, with the, yeah, with the blue I did left to right, with the green I did right to left. Um, this was actually super hard, and I didn't think it would be. I thought this would be like the nice simple pattern, just going one, two, you know, just down. Um, with the blue one, it was just, it was just hard because I kept almost knotting them on top of each other and I sort of had to switch how I was holding my hands part way through because I was doing it in such a way that I was always, always, always catching the knots on top of each other. So like I had to switch. So I was still doing it the same direction, but I was like knotting them the opposite direction. Like I started out doing left to right and I had to sort of switch and do, like I still put the knots left to right, but I was tying them right to left so I wouldn't be on top of the knots and, until of course I hit the ninth knot and I tied it on, on top of the eighth. With the green, um, I had the opposite trouble because I was trying to do it, I, I did it right to left. Oh no, I did left to right, sorry. Um, did right to left on the blue, I did, wait. No, I had it right, I did left to right on the blue and I did right to left on the green and like it was just physically hard to not hold the string wrong because I kept going to tie it and like the first one I tied right and then I sort of flipped the string around and I had to keep flipping it back around and fixing it on myself because I kept trying to do it wrong. Um, which let me tell you this is this pouring calm to this was actually a lot easier than I thought it would be because um, I get a little stressed out doing craftsy things um, and, and I get that tying knots in a string isn't exactly craftsy but <laughs> I definitely was worried about messing, you know, just messing up my own little patterns, and I was worried about getting a little frustrated, and I didn't. I stayed. I, I kept my chill. I kept my chill. We had a good time. Oh, something really stupid that I did for each one that I forgot, uh, where the knots, um, this spell's a little vague because you're pouring your intent into it, so for each, each string of yarn, I told it what we were doing. Um, which I remembered for the first two to tell them before we started. I sort of breathed on them and told them we were, you know, doing calm. With the other three, I kept forgetting until I was partway through, so I'd end up on... It wasn't the same knot either, but on different knots it would hit me. I hadn't told the yarn what we were doing, so I'd, while I was knotting it, I'd finish, the, I'd finish the chant for that knot, I knotted it, and then I told it what it, the intent was like when... By not a four, this power I store, I told one of the strings, and I don't remember which one, I'm sorry, strings, that we were doing calm. Um, I also forgot, with the first one, for the most part, uh, the black one, sorry, the control group, I mostly said the chant and then did the knot with the other ones, um, where the patterns were a little simpler. 
I worked and I mean they weren't the first ones I did either so it got a little easier I did uh, I did try to do the chant as I nodded there was a couple where like my I, my fingers would fumble so I'd finish the chant first but I did sort of switch that which wasn't intentional and I mean it kind of might throw off the experiment maybe um, which I mean to be fair I have I have five strings I, I don't feel like that's a big enough group to count as a good science experiment Feel like it's a good group for witchcraft uh <laughs> but uh yeah my fingers were fumbling with the green with the the yellow and the red I, what i decided to do was to sort of bounce back and forth um the yellow starts very similar to the control group the one knot first knot is the uh, the closest to the left corner and the second knot is the closest to the right. But then instead of bouncing around like the the control does, I just went back. Well, I, I guess I bounced around, but I didn't bounce around as much. I just went back and forth. So working my way in, I would do one, then two, then three, then four. And the way I do it is just the odds would be on the left side. Um, the evens would be on the right side. And the middlemost knot was just the ninth knot, the final knot. And I basically just flipped it for the red. Uh, I worked, the first knot was in the middle, and then I just worked my way out, back and forth. I did keep the odds and the evens on the same side, so the odds were still the left, the evens were still the right. I just worked the knots different ways. Um, I'm trying to remember. With this, it really wasn't too hard. Um, the hardest thing was just sort of keeping track of my knots so I didn't knot on top of them, which I failed at anyway with the yellow. Um, but I just sort of went and it got easier almost because I, I wasn't trying to do the same thing the same way or I wasn't like shifting partway through. I just go back and forth and back and forth. So it was a little easier. And where these were the last two I was doing, it was a lot easier to remember the rhyme because I already said it so many times. Um, so going in, I feel like there were there were slightly different things than I thought um, would happen. Oh, sorry, one one of the strings blended into my pants, and I thought I'd lost it. Um, it was both easier and harder than I thought it would be. Um, and I guess I have to have a hypothesis if I'm really applying the scientific method to this. But my my belief is that it's it's going to be similar. Um, there, there there's going to be a similar effect. I put my intent into them. I'm hoping I'm hoping to sort of just feel a little calmer and I'll try them out at work. Um, I don't really think any one of them is going to work better than the other. I feel like a lot of this, a lot of the incentive to this is having them on me is going to make it easier for me to sort of remember and feel calm so I can sort of... Um, I don't know, not feel as stressed out. Uh, the end product, after I test them out and see, you know, how we do, I believe probably um, if I get similar results, which like I said, I'm expecting, I'll probably braid them all together and just keep them all as, as just one unit charm. Um, alternatively, I might give them away to a couple of friends, or I mean, I'll probably, if I was going to do that, I'd probably just make my friends their own ones. Um, but overall, I feel like, I feel like the initial step went well. Um, 
I got to try out some knots. I got to find out that I really enjoyed this. Um, honestly, after this experiment, I really do want to look into some more complicated patterns because I've sort of been afraid of trying them because I thought they'd be hard, but honestly, they're not that hard. And I mean, if they are with practice and, you know, time and patience, I'm sure I'll succeed. So I'll get back to you guys on how the rest of the experiment goes. It was definitely fun putting this together. Um, I hope that someone out there also wants to do absolutely pedantic and silly things like I do. Uh, but thanks. Thanks for listening, guys. So we're, um, we're actually going to talk about something that happened, uh, just the other night, uh, when we went to Sage's to celebrate both her birthday, which is on the 31st. The 31st. Um, I was trying to say New Year's, <laughs> um, and also New Year's, um, <laughs> And uh, we did we did some some fun stuff. Um, we ate a bunch of junk food and watched her kids play video games for a while, which was adorable. Oh, it was so fun. Um, they play really well together for such young young kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't play that well together as full grown adults. No. We yell. Yeah. I mean, they also yelled, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, we did um. A New Year's, it was sort of like a New Year's resolution. This is something you would probably do more of at Samhain. Yeah. But it's a new beginnings ritual, and I figured for New Year's that would be appropriate. It was very applicable to Mm -hmm. to how our culture treats um, New Year's. And I apologize for how weirdly I just said culture. (laughs) Uh, That sounded awful. (laughs) Anyway... Um, we might talk about this more, post it somewhere uh, later, but we want to talk about some of the, the weird stuff that happened. Um, so I, I drew up the circle while um, Sage and Galena uh, smoked the room, you know, with uh, Sage and Palo Santo. Um, and it felt really good. It felt like a mm-hmm. very positive energy space. Energy space. Jesus Christ. Energy scape. <laughs> a very positive energy scape. Um, but no, it did. It, it had a very positive feel to it. It had a very safe, relaxed feeling to it. And I'm, I'm actually having trouble remembering which event happened first and which happened second. But um, we were at the part of the ritual where we were uh, cleansing our, ourselves of the negative things we wanted to drop uh, as we left 2018 to make space for the positive things we wanted to bring into our lives in 2019. Um, and right after we finished doing that, I think that this happened first, right after we finished doing that, a picture of Elvis <laughs> that Sage has on her wall um, that belonged to her grandmother just fell. Well, it rattled and then fell. Yeah, it rattled and then fell. Um, it was very unnerving. Um, and I, safe to say we were all put off when that happened. Um, and we took a minute and tried to get our energy back into a positive place. Um, and then when it was during the last bit, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? We heard, 
uh, Gwen and I at least. I think that's when we were invoking water. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Gwen and I, and I at least heard an echo in the room of our words. And I mean, yeah, there were three of us saying words at the same time, but like, it was like it was bouncing off of something. Um, it was very, it had a very magical feel to it. Absolutely. Yes, it did. It was super weird. I wanted to say spooky, but spooky's not the right word. No, because I didn't feel spooked out by that. Huh. I was spooked out by Elvis. I really wasn't. Like, it made me pause because I didn't expect a rattle and a crash, but yeah. then I was fine. To be fair, though, in my position, Elvis was right behind you. Well, like, from his position on the floor, if I turned my head to the left, he was just barely peeking around an end table. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was a little unnerving in itself. Would you ever think in a million years that I'd be the one who wasn't freaked out? I know. Um, but I mean, all in all, it was still very positive. And yeah. by the time we ended the um, the ritual, it was fine. None of us felt threatened or weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know if it was anything spooky like, like a spirit or something in the house. Or um, it was just the energy we raised. Yeah, I definitely think that's... That's that's like my response for a lot of stuff like that though, like is that it's just it's just energy expressing itself. Um and that's that's genuinely all I think that was. Um and especially seeing as it belonged to Sage's grandmother and was sort of almost a uh I can't I can't think of what I mean, like a a ritual piece itself, you know what I mean? Mm. I feel like in any energy we had probably would have honed in on it. Um, but we did cleanse the entire, uh, apartment and Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis got some special attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in general, we left feeling very light and wonderful. This is not a very spooky story. Uh, <laughs> uh we felt super good. Even the, the day after I still felt wonderful. Um, and when we left the apartment felt super calm and lovely. Um, so I don't know, it wasn't, all in all, it was, a, it was a very positive experience, but that, just that moment of Elvis falling to the floor. <laughs> that was scary in and of itself. I just didn't expect that kind of commotion. <laughs> Especially with the headspace we were in. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Um, personally, I am impressed we got back to the, the ritual at hand so easily. Because I was determined. <laughs> it was good. It worked out very well. That's the first time we've done, like, a ritual ritual in a long time. Yeah, it, it was, is. It was fun. I think we should do one when we go uh, visit Nettle. I think so, too. I think that'd be very nice. Um, we'll make some nice sugary treats for after. All right. But I think that's probably all we've got for you guys now. Uh, I said now because I was going to say tonight, but then I was like, we don't know if they're listening at night. So I said now, and it still sounded stupid. <laughs> so... Good on me. Uh, do you have any any scary things to send them off with? I do. Whenever you walk into the bathroom and the bathroom curtain's closed, or the bathtub curtain's closed, the shower, shower curtain. curtain. Yeah. Do you ever think about what could be standing behind it? That's why I always open the shower curtain. No joke, I look behind every door when I go into a bathroom, and I look behind every curtain. I don't trust that there's not something because just imagine it you're just standing there in front of the mirror brushing your teeth with the curtain closed and something just kind of wraps its fingers around the curtain 
like peeks over the the bar at you. Let me say, I know that you're trying to get to me specifically right now because we're like sitting in the the same room and you want to see like a visceral reaction. Uh, let me say, that's always in my head. This isn't a new concept <laughs> for me. That's why the curtain is always open. <laughs> I, the minute I walk in a bathroom, hours, a place where I am a guest, somewhere I'm not supposed to be. I will open the shower curtain if it's shut. <laughs> I'll close it when I leave, but it has to be open while I'm in there. I've always thought there'd be a skeleton or something behind it. You know, you said that. It's weird to me that when you were a kid, you found skeletons so upsetting. I did. I don't know why. <laughs> it was always skeletons. I've always loved skeletons. I don't know. Um, hilariously enough, this has nothing to do with anything important. But uh, for a while when I was a kid, I was afraid the Undertaker, the wrestler... It's going to jump over the shower curtain and kill me. <laughs> I love it. Just the undertaker, the Just, wrestler. Yeah. I first off, I don't even know if that man would fit in our fucking bathroom. I was bathroom. gonna say, like, I'm pretty sure he would just his head and shoulders would be above the shower curtain. Right. And like thinking about it now, that seems like creepy in a different way. <laughs> you go in the bathroom and you hear that bong noise and the lights go off when they come back on. Oh, Jesus Christ! It was it was never that that developed. It was literally I'm a child taking a shower and I can't see past the curtain. And um, I don't remember what exactly had happened at some point on wrestling that made me afraid of The Undertaker. Um, But it was literally just out of nowhere. He, like, vaults over the shower curtain. No, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, like, pile drives me into the fucking ground and I'm dead. Like, that's... I mean, to be fair, when you were a child, he would have definitely killed you if he jumped on you. 100%. Um... But no, I never thought about because that's hilarious. Like, and it starts playing that fucking song. <laughs> if if you're not an American listener, and honest to God, even some of our American listeners, you might not know about some of this. Not American wrestling's a trip. Not everybody had our grandpa. <laughs> He also took us to a live show once, and when the Undertaker stuff happened, because they, they would flash the lights, and then it would go dark, I'm pretty sure Lyra lost her fucking mind. Let me also be clear, as a child, that the same time that I was afraid the Undertaker was going to kill me, I loved the Undertaker. I know. <laughs> he was one of my favorites. I know. She had this big foam hand. <laughs> screaming for for the undertaker that happens and like the lights come back on her little face is just like oh god i've always been real weirded out by the dark though so <laughs> our grandpa found it hilarious oh i bet he was mean-spirited he was. <laughs> so um but i think that was his weird way of bonding with us oh yeah so i guess we're gonna leave you with a weird phobia of the undertaker while you're in the shower there you go <laughs> Especially for you. <laughs> oh, God. Stay spooky. Thanks for listening. Oh, and keep your tits up. <laughs>